This is CliffCentral.com. A very good morning to you all and uh, a warm welcome to the open book right here on Cliff Central. My name is Lois Obala and uh, yeah, we're actually out here at Monte Cassino um, at the Il Grande. Today is the launch of Shout 3. So if you're hearing some people shouting at the back, at least you know exactly where it is that we are. Now, this year's campaign, okay, cool. Before I probably let you know what Shout is about, um, you probably remember a song that, uh, that many artists came together to do um, just probably about five years ago and the, song, and, and the song was called Shout. You probably remember my face on it as well because I also sang on it. And and then um, a few years ago, they did another song called You Are The Voice. So, um, so yeah, so there's a new song t- um, this year, and it's called A Smile, uh, written, by, uh, written by Mikasa, who are also going to be here today. So, yeah, many celebrities are going to be here. Um, I got my invites just the other day, and my invite read as follows. On August 27th, some of the country's most talented musos, outspoken personalities, and zealous of Africans will come together in the continued fight for a safer, South Africa. Now, I believe that this is not just only up to um, Musos and everybody else, but it is up to South Africa as a whole to come together to build a safer South Africa. And what better way it is than to support Shout? And that's why we as Cliff Central are here at the Il Grande. And uh, the event is going to start, I think, at about, um, at about half past ten. So um, maybe, you know, if you guys are still with us, I think, we'll, I think we'll be here probably for the next three hours or so up until, uh, up until the, end, the end of the event. So expect um, from about ten o'clock when some music comes on uh, to get many you know like to have many celebrities coming and speaking to the mic so keep it tuned on cliff central um some of the musicians who are going to be here uh include the likes of uh i can't um, the likes of johnny clegg um prahuma sekela mikasa caspeño vest aka parlotones and uh, and really many more and apparently Apparently, what I heard is that even Tulima Donzella fin, um, features in the video for uh, for Smile for Shout. So it's definitely going to be just um, you know just a wonderful time. And you know what? A lot of these guys actually came together to do this for no monetary value. Actually, nobody did this for any you know like for any money because um, because they believe um, that the charitable givings will eventually create a better life for all of us. Now, um, many of these famous folks could have really just sort of been anywhere, um, but they really just chose to be here. So my question to you today is, what are you doing to give of yourself for a better cause? Well, if you don't have an answer to that question, I hope that today's show is going to inspire you to live a generous life. And that is why our topic today on the open book is hashtag living by giving. Hashtag living by giving. Let's begin. In Acts 20, in the Bible, in Acts 20, verse 23, uh, we are told that it is more blessed to give than to receive. These words are sometimes, you know, kind of hard to understand. And, uh, b- but when you start to grasp the Bible verse, um, which has become a universal law practiced by people of all faiths, which says, give and it will be given to you, a good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over. You start to actually quite understand why, why, why the Bible says that it is better to give than to receive. You see, um, saving is good, and, um, and that, is what we're told, um, th- that is what we're taught, you know, through the world system teachings uh, when it comes to our finances. But the thing is, saving falls short in the fact that what you save is what you are going to get back from your savings. Giving is better because what you give is only a portion of what you will receive. 
In 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and 10, uh, we are told that God gives us a seed that we can give away, which grows into full-formed lives and makes us wealthy in every way, so that we, in return, can be generous in every way. 1 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 6 teaches us that one plants and one waters, but it is God who gives the increase. So it is through the little bits that we do that we actually get an, uh, an increase because of our giving. So don't ever look at the size of your gift um, and think it is too small to give away. You need to know that you're not going to get back what you gave in, but you're going to give back and but, but, but you're going to gain back an interest because God will increase it. And maybe that little bit that you have is a seed for you to plant in others so that it can grow. It's not supposed to cover your needs, but it is meant for you to be given away. So do me a favor. Don't eat your seed. Plant it. And uh, so while you just think about that, um, just for a little while, I want to just tell you guys a story. And this is my story, which I actually shared uh, on, on, on Gareth, you know, on Gareth Cliff's show um, about two weeks ago. I'm from a small little town in the Eastern Cape called Uteneg. And, uh, you know, being born in the late 70s, in the 80s, all black people around that time were poor. There were probably just degrees of poverty. And so um, what, what actually kind of happened is that when my dad died, my mom couldn't really quite afford to, um, to look after all of us. So we ended up staying with this uncle, ended up staying with that aunt. They also couldn't afford to keep us for longer. So that's why we actually ended up sort of moving around. Up until a cousin of mine, 19 years old, took us in. And um, by the money that he made as a petrol attendant, he was able to, um, to, to send us to school. He was able to look after his mother. His, um, his sister and his sister's child through the little bit that he got. And, um, I'm sh- and, and, and now you look at, you know, you look at us, myself and my brothers, and we're an absolute success story. I'm not trying to brag, but I'm trying to brag in, that, in his giving. And so by the fact that he gave so little, so much more actually came out of that. So I hope that, you know, that that story inspires you and that you don't just have a savings plan. I know a savings plan is good, but that you also have a giving plan. Do you have a giving plan? Well, let us know. And um, so let us, you know, help you out this morning to live a fulfilled life of a giver right here on the open book. And I've got some wonderful guests, um, Mark Lovner, who's an Who's, an, who's been an absolute inspiration in my life in terms of giving, and also Pastor Alan McCauley from an organization called Hands of Compassion. And um, I'll be speaking to one of them right after this. This is cliffcentral.com. So here we are, um, about to uh, about to begin the the Shout Three launch, uh, launching a song called "Smile for Shout," written by Mikasa and sang by uh, by several artists. Well, a whole lot of them, and uh, I wa- you know I'm glad to really just have gotten a spot in there because if I didn't get a spot, I would have probably thought that I'm not, you know, I'd have to work just a little bit more to get a little famous. You know, so, uh, so yeah, so some good people really just coming through today to support this, uh, this foundation. And so that's why our theme for today on the open book is living by giving. And um, right now I'm joined by a very, very good friend of mine. Uh, we've been friends for, for many years. Actually, when I think of how long I've been friends with Mark Labner, and then it just starts to hit me, the fact that I'm probably not young anymore. Because uh, cause I've known Mark probably for a, good, uh, for, for a good 10 to 12 years. Mark, welcome on the, on the open book. Hey, Lisa. Thanks very much indeed. Never mind you. I don't know about you, but I'm certainly young. Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> and buddy, I'm just hoping and praying that the friendship that we have established just continues to grow and grow and grow for many, many years to come. You are a remarkable man. 
And I'm just constantly amazed at just how many organizations you lend your heart, soul, spirit, and support to. So compliments to you for that. Thank you so much, Mark. Well, the thing is, you know, it's no different to what, it's no different to what you do. I think um, I think the first time that you know the the first the first time I ever learned about you know like about giving was absolutely from you and the good work that you and your family do. Um, now Mark Lapin is the CEO of of Africa Africa Tikkun, um, and is also the co-founder and, and executive chairman of the Smile Foundation. And you know what? And 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 when I looked this up, right? Because I don't want to ask you. So Mark, what do you do? Because I'm supposed to know. But the thing is, there are just so many. There are just so 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 many things that you do. Uh, could you tell us about the, organi- the other organizations or even about these? organizations that you're involved in? Um, yeah, surely. So in truth, it really is a, an, an honor and um, a treat and a blessing to be able to kind of devote my life uh, to these organizations and some of the others that I'm engaged with as well. You know, it starts really being you know, a concerned South African citizen and loving this country and having a belief in the people that um, you know, operate in this country, yeah. and in particular young people in this country. I think young people in this country have got the unbelievable capacity, resource, and passion to bring about change, and, and, and so really, all I do is you know feed into that and put things into an appropriate structure that help me basically um, unlock that sense of goodwill. Smile really is an organisation yeah. that uh, started off uh, providing surgical support. When I say we provide surgical support, I should actually give credit to the hospitals that we work with mm-hmm. and the doctors and the surgeons there, because they're the guys that actually necessarily come together to help provide surgery to kids who've got various forms of facial deformities, hand deformities and the likes. And over the years, I watched kind of what was going on in the hospital environments and saw that there was a need for a whole bunch of other support services um, that made a huge difference, uh, psychological support services. A kid coming to a hospital is terrified if they've never ever been to a hospital before. That's right. and, and that can impact upon not only their recovery, but also their and their parents' understanding of the kind of surgical interventions that are needed. So we started to provide psychosocial support. Then we started to realize that you know, there was a need for skills training and development um, to supplement what the hospitals are doing because they're doing the best they possibly can with the budgets that they've got. We mm. could play a role there. We could buy equipment. And over the years, we have gravitated to the point where Smile now has uh, formal partnerships with the with, with, with approximately nine not approximately with nine hospitals around the country, yeah. where we're actually engaged in helping those hospitals across multiple f- areas um, to get kids with these facial deformities treated on a very much more holistic basis. And how important, I mean, like, you know, in terms of smiles, this is just another question. How important uh, was it for you guys to get this, you know, like to get this done? How important is it for a kid to actually, you know, like to get that? Because I believe that it's like it, it's a cleft well, that they have. You know, very quickly, sort, you, like know, on the lip. you know, interesting feedback we got from the Department of Health uh, at, at national level is by their own admission, they s- s- said that um, the ability to service that end of the market that they saw as having, requiring elective surgery non-critical care surgeries in their minds or non-primary healthcare focused surgery um, they realized there was a need but they realized equally that they simply didn't have the budget you know post-apartheid mm. we had the infrastructure that was built for uh, a privileged few four five odd million people in this country and post-apartheid all of a sudden 50 odd million people needed use of those facilities so government and understandably had to allocate its budget to primary health care that meant kids who had these cleft lip and palates who had facial paralysis, who needed ear reconstructive surgery, and all those sorts of other activities, other needs, weren't simply getting operated on. And uh, as a result, we decided that that's where our focus would necessarily be. And I started the organization with the support of Madiba, 
who yeah. initially got involved, uh, literally sitting in his lounge, and we used to talk about and dream about what what South Africa could look like if the hospital environment necessarily catered for kids. Wow. Uh, and I know that's like I know that right now uh, the foundation is busy. Actually, um, I think they've, they've probably already broken ground for the Nelson Mandela Children's Hospital. Well, well that's not us, unfortunately. Yes. Uh, where where you know, in fact. Your supporters morally, and if we can possibly help, you know, to support anybody who's looking to fund the the National Children's Fund uh, yeah. uh, in their building of this hospital, which we think there's a huge need for. Absolutely, hospital. Yeah. Yeah, it's fantastic initiative, and we're actually hoping that some of our services might, in fact, be engaged and employed there. Mm. Uh, Smile Foundation, in fact, this year is completing. Um, uh, with uh, funds from the Buffalo King, um, oh. a burns unit up at Madunsa, which will in fact be one of the largest burns facilities, certainly in that uh, uh, part of the country. Mm. Um, and uh, we're hoping that it will be completed. Um, it, it's both an operating facility as well as a post-operative recovery facility yeah. for children who um, have been badly burnt. That's awesome. I mean, like, really just like great work. And uh, speaking of the Buffer King, you know, like of the Buffer King uh, royal, just the royal family, um, I heard the other day that, you know, they are the richest, you know, like the richest, I think the richest kingdom in Africa. Mm. And, um, and I know why. That's because they probably, they, they probably are the kingdom in Africa that probably gives the most, you know, to their community. So it just goes to show, you know, exactly um, the, uh, what you will get back is, uh, is equal to how much you give. Absolutely. You know? and, and, and that's why they've been able to really just stay at the top and to do so much. Not only for the community. I mean, Medunza is not in, that's not in Buffer King. You know, Medunza is just around the corner here in Johannesburg. But not only for just their community and just for the kingdom itself, but really just for people all over the place. So, Mark, um, yeah, where did it you know, there's, there's that fantastic statement that says, you know, you make a life... Not out of what you get. You make a life out of what you give. Absolutely. I think it was actually Winston Churchill who said something, you know, said something similar to that. You know, we make a life or, um, or I can't remember, but, but, but I think I tweeted it just yesterday. You know, but, 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 but you get a life because of what you give out there. Um, and, and where did the desire to do char- charitable work start? Well, uh, you mean for myself personally, it was really my family, you know, from as long as I could ever remember, were always engaged in both business and philanthropy, there was equal weighting throughout our lives uh, growing up as kids. You know, growing up as kids, and we used to go on holiday, there were kids that used to come from the orphanage on holiday with us. Um, we were involved with a home for uh, handicapped individuals. So yeah. from an early age, I was introduced to that as a concept. But it was only about seven, eight years ago that mm-hmm. I left the commercial world Believing I was going to take a year off, um, we, I was running a, a public company which was uh, delisted and made some reasonable money and decided that, in fact, I was going to take a year off and devote it to charity work. And then I fell in love with the youth of the townships, frankly speaking, uh, which I was introduced to yeah. through this organization, Africa Tikkun. Yes. And then decided to build the concept of cradle to career, developing young individuals from early infancy, teaching them basic values mm-hmm. uh, at an early age. And then giving them the ability to resource themselves through a youth development program and then taking them through job readiness training and then working to actually help them get into jobs. So we've now developed in Africa Tikkun, an organization which today employs close to 600 people and looks after close to almost 20,000 beneficiaries on a daily basis. We, we, We have this program that we've developed in partnership with other organizations. Uh, in townships of South Africa where we are developing young kids, teaching them basic values, teaching them competencies and skills to get into the job market and then helping them to find jobs. 
And the response from corporate South Africa has been phenomenal because wow. corporate South Africa want to ensure that they're employing uh, individuals who've got the right attitude and the right approach and the right both soft and hard skills when it comes to getting into a job. Wow, that's awesome. And what are the and what are the benefits of um, of some, you know like of of living you know a life of uh, of living a life of giving? Did you ever think that you'd go back to corporate, or were you planning to go back and then suddenly you, you know, know what made you stay for so many years? You know, and in not the even f- take financial services world, and, and and we were making you know good money, bluntly speaking. My take home pay, uh, you know, in a month is kind of equal to my take home pay in a year at the moment. <laughs> uh, but but I have a saying, and that says that you know in those days. I used to work with the worst, with the best of, sorry, with the worst of people in the best of circumstances, fancy offices and the likes. Worst of people in the best of circumstances. Yeah. And I work with the best of people in the worst of circumstances. <laughs> and I wouldn't have it any other way. The riches and the rewards that you get from dealing with human beings, because at the end of the day, that's what life really is all about. Mm. You know, we put on this earth for a certain period of time, and you know, the accumulation of physical wealth physical assets really at the end of the day is actually meaningless what really is far more important are the accumulation of experiences that you have with human beings that's true wealth yeah and when i count up the number of experiences that i have uh with such an array of people from philanthropic business-minded individuals who want to do more than just simply accumulate wealth to genuine angels and there are real angels working in these communities Mm to the incredibly motivated spirit of young individuals who don't simply want to stand on street corners begging for money but genuinely want jobs Mm -hmm. that they're well suited to, I'm a very, very wealthy human being from the opportunity to have those type of experiences. I honestly, honestly get far more than I ever get. That's awesome. And why in your your view should we we all be givers? Because I remember actually um, it was... um, it was about, it, it was probably about 15, 15, 16 years ago uh, when I started working with Sue, you know, your sister. And, uh, and I was just kind of there because we were doing some, some, uh, some drama series at the time. And, um, and when I saw the amount of, you know, like just the amount of work that she was doing, you know, for, for charitable organizations. And uh, she used to kind of look at me funny because she was kind of wondering, why aren't you doing something? And actually, that's such a question I started to ask myself. So, so maybe you can tell us why, why should everybody be givers? Well, first of all, I'll say the, 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 you know, the act of giving is incredibly empowering. And it doesn't matter how small uh, your act of giving is. When you give to somebody else, um, and you're giving of yourself, not necessarily just giving cash, although cash is certainly one way of giving, you, you're necessarily impacting another human being's lives positively. And, and as a result, you empower yourself. And that sense of empowerment gives you an ability to actually you know, reach out you know, for the stars. Uh, you realize that you are, in fact, powerful beyond your own measure. Mm. Um, and that's what giving necessarily uh, you know, does for you. Uh, number one. Number two, but I want, yes, I don't like one, one point if I may. Yeah. You know, we South Africans, I mean, a known statistic, we're the second most generous nation in the world next to the Americans on a oh. per capita giving basis. Oh, well, I was speaking to, um, to, to Pastor Alan McCauley. We're going we're gonna to run the mic right now. And I was just saying that, you know, like through all my trips in, uh, to America, I've noticed that they give so much that I should start to, to wonder how much we actually give. I mean, and they give so much to Africa that I start to wonder how much is it that we actually give to our own, you know, to our own country and our own continent. So, so that's good to hear. Yes, I, so I, didn't, I didn't actually know. But, you know, I wanna, but I want to say this to you. That was pretty quickly if I may uh, make. 
you've got to start asking yourself the question, as I did, quite frankly, mm-hmm. that the act of giving is all great, but so what? So we feed a child, so what? Yeah. And you see where I'm going this in a second. So we educate a child, so what? Unless we've got a game plan that simply says we're going to do something at the end of the day to break that cycle of poverty, and that's why we developed this model. I wish I'd say we were so clever when we first started Africa Tikkun that we had this concept of uh, uh, We didn't. It developed over time when we started to realize, well, we're doing early childhood development, but so what? Well, that meant that a child finishing early childhood development was then going to allow his school, and therefore the investment we'd made in the early childhood development phase yeah. was not necessarily being optimized. So we had to get into youth development. And then we said, well, so what? So we're doing youth development. We had to take it to a logical end conclusion which said to break the cycle of poverty, an individual has to get into a job that they love doing. Because if they're in a job that they love doing, they're going to be productive. Absolutely. So uh, my, my, my comment is in giving, one's got to also be, I think, a responsible giver. Yeah. It is important. Instead of just giving to a guy on the side of the road every day, you know, that five rand for argument's sake, I started to realize that we could do a lot more if I turned out to those guys in the street corners that I was giving constantly to. I've now become part of my family for all intents wow. because I give them money every day to say to them, guys, let me put you guys together into a work group, and if you keep that street corner clean, both of garbage and litter, as well as from a, a safety security perspective yeah. to stop, for argument's sake, car smash, smash and grabs, then all of a sudden you've actually created a mini enterprise. And if you can motivate other motorists on that street corner to equally contribute, all of a sudden a little mini business can start. Now a guy is not simply a victim receiving just a handout. He's in fact an individual who's doing something productive and contributing to society. One of our projects, in fact, is called the Lubna Kibbutz. uh, It's a a group of individuals who are both uh, mentally and physically challenged. And Mm. what we did is we took these individuals out of an institutional environment and put them onto a farm where they run a factory. And they look after their own home, they make their own beds, and they run this factory, and the product's sold out into the marketplace. It's incredible to see the change to an individual when all of a sudden they feel that they're productive and contributing to society, no matter mm. how big or how small mm. you know, their contribution necessarily is. Yeah. So why should South Africans give? Because it's in our DNA. Um, yep. Because it makes us a better, uh, more moral nation, particularly at a time when we're seeing you know, huge greed and corruption, frankly speaking. There's an even greater imperative to actually give, give more, more of our time, more energy, more yeah. efforts, but to give wisely yeah. in a manner that actually leads to an end result. Absolutely. But you know, I mean, what I really liked about what you're talking about now is the fact that, um, about the so what, um, is, that, is that you first gave something and then you're like, so what? I need to probably start giving more. But the thing is, it, 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 it doesn't have to start off, your giving doesn't have to start off as a big gift. You know, you don't have to have the big gift. Start giving them, mm-hmm. the, you know, like the little bit that you have. And, um, and you know, like and the Bible says that, you know, like when, if, if you can be faithful in the small things, I believe that God is going to give you enough so, uh, because he knows that you're going to be faithful in the big things. Amen. So, uh, so yeah, you know, thank you so much, Mark. Uh, Mark is still going to, you're still, you're still going to sit here and just be yeah, with us. Um, uh, right next to you, right next to Mark. Yeah, so we're right here that um, it is the shout launch for those of you who've probably just... Um, uh, just come on and uh, all the noise that you're hearing that's because we're right here at the Il Grande it's the launch of Shout 3 so I uh, hope you can just bear with us and you just feel like you're just here and just a part of the show Pastor Alan McCauley um, is the head of uh, and co-founder of Hands of Compassion um, I 
it's somehow, you know, as much as I've never been to the farm, but, 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 but I really, really feel quite close to the, you know, to the organization and, and for what it does because I've actually got friends who've come out of Fans of Compassion um, who have been rehabilitated and they're just doing the most wonderful work um, around, you know, around the world. I, I know before you speak, for instance, you know, I did, um, I had a show um, about, um, about two weeks ago, w- yeah. which is on the podcast, and two gentlemen came forward. Um, one is a pastor of City Life, and um, the other one does work going around, you know, speaking about, you know, speaking to kids, and, and is a great public speaker. And when I spoke to both of them, not even knowing, they're like, yeah, well, we went through the program of Hands of Compassion. I'm like, do you guys know each other? They didn't even know each other. Did we even know each other? No, we didn't, you know? Yeah. And which, which really, really just kind of shows just, um, just uh, you know, just the great work that Hands of Compassion uh, has done, not only to just those individuals, but to the individuals um, that those people have also impacted. So thank you so much for being on the show. That's a pleasure, Lisa. Thanks mm. for having me. Can you please um, just tell us, um, tell us about Hands of Compassion? Yeah, Hands of Compassion is uh, non profit organization that my wife Shana and myself formed we saw within the church a need for the church to address social needs yeah. and that's really what birthed hands of compassion a lot of what Mark has said uh, I concur with and we were speaking with each other before we haven't seen each other for like 30 years <laughs> it's amazing how how old are you Mark 10 <laughs> <laughs> no we were in like preschool together you know um, I, want to, I want to say it was in the birthing nursery. Yeah. Oh, there we go. <laughs> All right, cool. Uh, yeah, but um, yeah. So, Hands of Compassion was birthed out of a desire to see not just charity being done, but people being empowered, and then justice being established in South Africa. So, mm. we really have a heart to take people who have needs, serious needs, whether they're addicts or homeless people motherless children, unskilled people, and we've developed programs that empower people so they can be what God intends them to be. But like Mark was saying, um, you know, we've got to move from charity into empowerment. Awesome. And why is giving, I mean, like, why is giving important to you and why should, um, should it be important, you know, to us? You know, giving is, is such a crucial part of who we are as human beings mm-hmm. that it's almost impossible for us to have fulfillment as people if we're not giving on some level. Absolutely. And so we encourage people to give, but like Mark was saying, to give responsibly. Yeah. Um, and what we've experienced is that as we give, we get. There's, yeah. a, there's a cycle that God puts into motion that if we participate and partner with God, then the more we give, the more we get. There's, there's a wonderful scripture in the Bible that says there is one who makes themselves rich yet has nothing. Mm. And there is one who makes themselves poor yet has great riches. Absolutely. Well, I mean, I also believe that, like, you know, um, giving, giving is a form of, our, of us humbling ourselves before God. And, uh, and we know the Bible says that, like, you know, that those who humble themselves, they shall be... They shall be promoted. Yeah. Um, and those and those who puff themselves up, they shall be, you know, like they shall be humbled. Yeah. So it definitely, you know, um, and, and well, well, it's not really just just for Christians. I think it's just for it's just for all people. All it's people, our form yes. of worship and really to be thankful because we came into this world with nothing, and we will leave with this world mm-hmm. with nothing, which means that what we have is not necessarily ours. You know, mm-hmm. um, everything has got to pass through us, and the fact that when we have. 
our hands, um, I mean, like, w- w- when we are givers, we are going to receive more so that, you know, uh, God is able to give to others um, through us. Yeah. Because, you know, like, because we are His, we are his hands and His feet. Mm-hmm. So if He wants to do something for the people, He's going to do it through us. Um, what has been your, uh, for, for you as well, what has been your most fulfilling, you know, like fulfilling moments in, uh, in what you do? Oh, there have been so many. Yeah. You know, we live in an intentional community. Mm-hmm. We live with the poor. We live with people who've got problems, serious problems. And we've, we've adopted a motto, that, a phrase that was coined by a friend of mine who's a theologian in the States. Mm. And it's this, we live simply so that others can simply live. Mm. And I think... If everyone in South Africa just took a, a look at their own lives and see how much we have got sure. and how much we can afford to give, the question is not can you afford to give. The real question is can you afford not to give? <laughs> because the consequences of not giving are serious. And I pray that as a nation that we don't reap those consequences in the future. So as a nation now, we need to be unselfish. We need to be free of corruption. Mm. We need to have institutions that are accountable, transparent. We need churches to be involved in their communities. We need churches to utilize the resources to bless those outside the church, not just themselves. And Mm. if we do that, then we'll be sowing the seeds that our grandchildren in 50 years' time will reap the benefits of being givers. Wow. No, that's awesome. And you know, the thing is, and also it's just so important, which is what you guys have done, you know, um, including yourself, Mark, and also just your parents as well, is that they've openly lived a life of giving to their, you know, to their family. Um, I kind of started that um, about two weeks ago together with Tsukho-san. We went to, um, we went to a school in Deep Sloot where, um, where I was really just sitting there speaking to just about, you know, like to, to, uh, to some scholars who belong to the, to the Tsukho-san Academy. And, um, and I knew that, okay, cool, well, I've done this many, many years, sort of gone and spoken to people. But what I've now started doing is that I've started to take my daughter with me so that she can actually see, you right. know, the importance of giving. Um, I think a lot of times, especially, you know, uh, for, for my generation who had nothing and now have something, the danger is that when we have children, they never know because we learn about um, we learn about giving from the fact that we came from nothing yeah. but a lot of times you find you know you, you, you find the the rich kids of Johannesburg or the rich kids of you know taken from the rich kids of LA kind of growing up and um, and and just not really caring you know so much so much you know like so much for the poor because they don't know what poverty is so i think it's important that everybody lives a life of um, of of giving like you guys you know sort of sort of openly do you know, um, Lisa, to, to your a, families. To put a context to it, we started a campaign called a Cappuccino Campaign. And really what the Cappuccino Campaign was all about, it was saying for the cost of a cappuccino, 20 bucks, which yeah. most of us effectively spend every day, we go and buy ourselves a cappuccino. For the cost of one cappuccino, we can feed a child for an entire week, just to put things into perspective. Wow. And, and truthfully, if we really think about it, a cappuccino is a luxury, right? It really is, really. Yeah. We, 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 can, we can get by our day without that cappuccino. You can survive. Although I tell myself that I don't. <laughs> every, every single morning, I go uh, past so, uh, my, my local petrol station to give us that cappuccino. But yeah. and, and I want to make a statement to, to a lot of those, particularly the guys who, you know, in this new South Africa, um, have made wealth for themselves over the last 10 years. The problem, unfortunately, is that, you know, at the end of the day, you make your wealth and you leave it to who your offspring if you have not taught your offspring 
the value of money, and I don't mean the value of money in terms of the fact that it can buy you, you know, Gucci glasses and BMWs, because yeah. in truth, those things are never ever going to be enough to satisfy. You can never have a big enough house. You know, you no sooner have you bought yourself the two-bedroom house than you went the three-bedroom house. Uh, no sooner have you bought yourself the uh, BMW and then you want the Porsche. So you, th- th- that cycle never ever ends. And yeah. so, in truth, what you're doing is you're introducing. If you're only measuring your ha- happiness by material assets, what you really are doing is you're actually committing yourself to a life of constant want for more and therefore constant unhappiness. Whereas if you kind of realize what the value of money is and what it can do, in other words, a cost of a cappuccino can buy a child a meal for an entire week, yeah. all of a sudden then you have a sense of gratitude and appreciation for what you've got, whatever you've got. And there are so many tests done, both physiological, psychological tests that show that gratitude is in fact probably the most important element in determining your own personal happiness. Wow. Yeah. And how do we know, um, Pastor Alan, how do we know whether we are giving whether we are giving to good ground? How do we how do we measure that? Because I know that some of the times I mean like I used to have a problem with with someone asking, you know, someone asks for money and I'm like, yeah, are they gonna go and use it for you know, to buy drugs yeah. or to get alcohol, they're really going to go... Yeah, it can be difficult. Bread. Look, I think there are a few basic guidelines. The, the first guideline is that you should try and avoid giving cash to people on the street. Yeah. Okay, it's not always possible, but you should try and do that. Yeah. And then the second thing is rather take... And why? The, well, it could say uh, easily open to abuse. Yeah. You know, I'm not saying that you should never do it, but try and avoid that. And rather try and get to know the person that you're trying to help. And uh, on a personal level. And then the third thing is to try and work through organizations that have credibility. There are a lot of non-profit organizations that are credible in our communities. You know, their, their uh, accounts are open for inspection, etc. They've got a track record. There's fruit. So mm. that's what you, you, know, you can do. But can I just share one experience that I'm yeah, picking up on go. what Mark was saying? Um, I've had many, many wonderful birthdays. I've got a wonderful family that, that love me and, and, and treat me so, so well. Mm. But the best birthday that I've ever had, what we decided to do one year, is we went onto the street, we took the, my birthday cake, we cooked a whole lot of food, and we went onto the street and we invited people who were living on the street to join us to celebrate my birthday. They didn't know me. I didn't know them. Wow. We just got around a fire at night. It was you know, a coldish night. We got around and we said, listen, this, this is my birthday and I want to celebrate it like this. We gave them some food to eat and then we all shared the cake together. And, you know, I can remember that birthday so clearly because it meant so much to me. The fancy restaurants that I've been taken to for other birthdays, I can't re- really remember. And so mm. it's those kind of things where you engage with people, where you really connect on a human level, where, you, where your giving has a human face to it that mean the most yeah and so um you know i just want to encourage anyone who's listening to this don't be scared to give even if your gift may be abused by the person who receives it yeah it still is not wasted and you know the thing is a lot of the times a lot of the times right that we actually and i know this you know like as a as a personal experience um a lot of the times when when we don't actually give is that we kind of use those things as an excuse to not give yeah um i know that you know even when it comes to church and stuff i don't know where my money goes when i pay my when, my, when i pay my tithes and offerings but i know that i'm giving it to god 
you know. Yeah. So at least if I'm if 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 I'm being stupid about maybe putting it in the wrong place because I don't yet quite know, you know, I would rather I would rather give knowing that I'm I'm not necessarily giving it to this person. It's going to be their responsibility what they end up, you know, like what they end up sort of doing with it, you know. But I'm going to just keep on um I'm going to just keep on I'm going to just keep on giving. Yeah. Because it's what I'm meant to, you know, because it's what I'm meant to do. So um so Mark, yeah, any any um any future any future big things sort of happening oh, yeah, with some missing, organizations? I can, I can talk for you know for, for, forever, you know. That's fine, still got another fifteen doing, minutes. Because quite honestly, <laughs> honestly, you know, we um we we're incredibly passionate about yeah. what we're doing. I mean, just if I can just talk again, forgive me I'm not trying to punt the organization specifically, but you know, what we found with Africa Tikkun as evidence of uh, the success of the, of the program is that about uh, 40% of the team that work Africa to sites actually were previous beneficiaries. So, oh, wow. I mean, there are so many stories that you know, come to mind. Like one f- young fellow by the name of Karabo, he was actually dealing um, in the streets of Alex. He was selling tuk. And what happened was that uh, he came in really hungry one day for simply a meal. He knew that we were giving out food at our centers. And he was influenced by the attitudes that he saw around him, other people his age, who instead of going back out into the streets and simply make their 50, 60 rand a day selling drugs, were, were rather earning uh, some income for themselves, working libraries, running sports programs, things of that nature. Karaba actually became a caregiver. And so his first act was to actually go out and help others that were in greater need than himself. Yeah. That enabled him to become sufficiently empowered such that he applied for the job and became available as an assistant librarian. He then grew in the space of about two years to librarian, came up with fantastic systems of his own. And all of a sudden he started to experience a life where he could, now as an empowered individual, use creativity. Okay, so the next step up is it. Yeah. Today he works at the head office in charge of uh, client liaison services where he takes corporates and their teams into uh, our project sites and, 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 and engages with them, giving them first-hand experience of how their contributions are materially impacting so that the, those corporates can actually meet the actual beneficiaries as well as the party. So, so, so there, there's st- so many stories that, that are like that. The other very important point that I kind of wanted to leave, leave listeners with, if I may, is the importance of working collaboratively together. Yeah. Yeah. And forgive me if I use some sort of hard stats and sort of stuff talking like a businessman again. But, you know, there's, there's an interesting report that's out from Trilog that talks about 8 billion rand spent by corporate South Africa on CSI initiatives. 8 billion rand. Mm. That's not government money. That's money that corporates are taking out of their profits and putting into uh, the development of South African society. So let's assume we've got, what, 30 million people that need financial support? Don't forget that we've we've got another 20 million that are on government grants. So let's assume there's 30 million people out of Mm. a 50 million odd population that need additional financial support. We've got enough money. The problem is we're all doing our own stuff. Yes. And there's a huge problem of ego, guys, in all honesty. And, and I'm the first person who's going to stand up and say, guilty is charged. Because you want to do something big. You, you, you want to do, want to you say, want to do something. I have done something I, big. Yeah, I want credit yeah. for it. And I'm not getting paid for it. So what am I doing this for? It's because I want acknowledgement. Absolutely. And, and I'm going to be absolutely honest. When, when I started Smile Foundation, there was a huge amount of that ego that was motivating me. Yeah. Now, having done this for a number of years, 
and realize that really this isn't about me and that the issues we're dealing with are so much bigger than me. We now actually task ourselves with finding ways to get this huge job of work done in partnership with other organizations mm. that can bring complementary skills necessarily together. So one of the initiatives that we've launched um, and, and we'll be bringing our sort of first get-together um, in, in two weeks' time is an initiative called just Partnership Circles. What Partnership Circles is, is we're putting together various different organizations mm-hmm. that are contributing. So somebody who's contributing towards education will yeah. sit around a table with somebody whose corporate CSI spend is around health, with somebody else who's around sport, to somebody else's. And we're going to say, okay, if we combine our efforts together and you task us, Africa Tikkun, with getting a job of work done, what are the outcomes that we want to achieve mm-hmm. over a three-year time mm-hmm. period in an area, say, like Alexander Times? And, okay, well... And then we, we go for it. And then we just combine our efforts yeah, together. And, then we go for it. and I'll guarantee you, first of all, cut out a hell of a cost. And secondly, I think yeah. that one and one will end up adding up to three. Well, so I mean, also, well, I mean, also, I think, um, I think the reason that that is like that is because you have people who are actually experts in, uh, in, in what they're doing, actually taking your money and then using it effectively. Um, I'm, uh, I'm, uh, I'm, uh, I'm a good ambassador for, for UNAIDS, for instance. Yeah. And we know that, like, you know, whenever, whenever World AIDS Day comes around, when everybody suddenly feels compelled to do something about HIV and AIDS, which should kind of be sort of throughout the year. Um, and, then, and then all the different organizations, people spend money just to do something like in their small communities. Yet there are people, you know, like, uh, like Senex or African National Council. I mean, it's an Af- South African... AIDS, um, AIDS Council, um, who you know, like, could do such great work just throughout the year, including UN AIDS as well. Um, and, 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 all, and, and now I've come to the belief that you know, it's probably better to just hook up with one of these organizations yeah. and to form a partnership in, uh, in, in, in doing something. Like, for instance, people usually ask me, so why don't you start a law use of foundation? And I thought, hmm, that might be actually quite good. You know, like I might look like a really good um, and throw. Well, what's it? What's it called again? Philanthropist. Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, and so and so, I'm like, wow, you know, and uh, and that might be good for my CV. But I've always, but, but but my thing was like, you know what? This is not what I do every single day. You know, unless I'm ready to sit down and to actually work properly on on a, on a, on a foundation, then I'll do that. But I won't do it just to have the name. And so what I've done is that I've lent my time. I've lent, you know, like I've nice I've lent my brand to you know to people. Who are actually doing great work, you know? So, so in other words, um, probably only once or twice a month, I'll then go and then lend some support, and that will obviously help those organisations to propel the work that they to propel the work that they're doing. So, nobody must ever sit and think, okay, cool, what is it that I must do? There are plenty of organizations out there to get involved in, and um, including Shout as well. I mean, for instance, Gabelo couldn't have done this on his own, sure. and neither could have Danny uh, done it on his own. And so they partnered up and then called other people, people who they then could partner with in order to make Shout the success that it is today. Um, so, um, so, yeah, you know, just what great work just, you know, just all of you are doing. But, but before, um, before I let you go, Pastor Allen, do you have any person that you can share um, you, you know, uh, whose name that you can mention and what they have done who have come through the program? Uh, there, there are so many. Um, hmm. Let me just, the one comes to mind. There's a kid, his name is Ntatu, yeah. who came into our children's home uh, probably at the age of about 13 or 14. Um, stayed with us, did his matric, did very well in matric, then got a bursary to go to varsity and is now a nuclear engineer in Korea. Amazing. Wow. So that's what... Which Korea? <laughs> South, South Korea. Korea. 
Abonnez vous l'aider, vous l'aider, vous l'aider. Okay, cool. So before we wrap up, I want to just um, I want to just ask, how is it that we can uh, that we can support your um, your different campaigns, Mark? Website. Uh, well, you, say, you know, you you ready? Just simply by lending your name and being the role model. Like, and if you could teach me to funk, thumbs up. Okay, cool, Mark. Yeah, let's no, just I'm mean, seriously. I mean, the role model that you are. Just you know, get out there, Lee. So. Um, People don't just admire you, they love you. Thank you. you. You're one of those individuals that people, you know, <laughs> just got a huge heart for. So to the extent that you are supporting initiatives like ours, you know, young people look for role models to yep. follow. And, and mm-hmm. if they see that you're endorsing what we're doing, it's incredibly valuable. It's, it's unique. No money in the world can buy that for us. No, awesome. And how can the normal public... Oh, yeah, tell us about the like... Yeah, uh, 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 about the light change quickly. Uh, yeah, we've got quick, about two minutes. Quick. Very, very quickly. Came up with this idea that it's really difficult for us to explain Africa Tikkun, early child development, youth development, job readiness training, and then into jobs. It's quite a complex you know, model to, to present. Mm. So for the average South African, it was kind of difficult for them to get their heads around it. But every South African wants to see change. Yeah. We all have maybe different agendas around change, but we all want change. So we said, well, like, change is a brand. It hit me really hard. Change is, in fact, a brand. And I saw this organization, Popeye Media, had come up with this concept around getting South Africans to support change. So we, we got 30-odd million rent put aside by corporates. Yeah. He said, we'll give you those monies every time you get some South African to become a warrior for change. Yeah. And we went out to various social media networks to say to South Africans, visit our app, visit our website, press like change, yes. and uh, 30 rand is going to be released. Uh, into the work of Africa Tikkun. And then we'll give you feedback reports against your email addresses as to how that 30 rand, which didn't really come out of your pocket, but you helped unlock, how that's been utilized. And the, mo- the, the intention is to create a global movement mm-hmm. of change warriors, people who are turning around and saying, we're tired of the status quo, we want things to change. Awesome stuff. Thank you so much. Um, Pastor Allen, how, um, how can we be of any help? I think the simplest way is for people to go to our website. Yeah. It's Hands of Compassion. And just see what we're doing, and then they can make contact with us directly. Um, but Mark and I are going to have a, I was going to say a cappuccino together. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to use that money, money for something else now. <laughs> We're going to connect together, and um, I think it's important that uh, like-minded organizations, like-spirited people connect, Amen. and we can do so much more. I'd be, I'd be privileged. I really be. Great. That's awesome stuff. Well, that's. That's our show, and so we're wrapping up right um, wrapping up right here on uh, on Cliff Central. But please keep it uh, keep it tuned. Uh, there are there are a lot of people who are here to support the Shout um, the Shout Foundation as they really just do their bit to uh, you know to to create a better South Africa for um, for all of us and a better South Africa, better Africa, a better world. So so yeah. So just, what can, a great just in finishing, just you know, just say compliments to Kabela and Danny for. You know, taking and tackling what is really one of the toughest issues in the country, this issue of crime. It is. Yeah. Crime just, last week, so just last week, by the way, I was on stage um, in Port Elizabeth, and, um, and, and, and two people found, found their way into our dressing room. Um, the police are still on it, and, uh, and, and, my, and my phone, my, my iPad, my wallet, mm-hmm. everything, literally all my valuables got stolen. That, that wasn't Mark or, um, or No, me. no, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess, yeah, you know, so, so it is a great work, definitely, to them, and... And yeah, let's keep supporting. And I want to hear the song. Hopefully, you know, like, we're going to hear the song later on uh, on Cliff Central in about an hour or so. Uh, but thank you so much. Remember your song that you did for Smile? 
Yes, yes, I do. I'm going to play that. I'm going to play that on the next show. And also the the Million Likes song as well. (laughs) Thank you so much. Our time is up right here on The Open Book. And please just keep giving. This is CliffCentral.com.